0: Welcome to the Sharp 600, brought to you by Covers.com. I'm Rob Cressy, and I'm super excited to be jamming with you. And joining me to get you ready for NFL Week 8 action is Scott Shapiro, football analyst at BetAmerica. You can follow him on Twitter at ScottShap34.
1: Scott, great to have
0: you back on the show.
1: Yeah, Rob. uh, Long time coming. We did a bunch of these last year. Really glad to be back and uh, glad to hear things have gone well uh, for you of late. Thank you very much. And, yes,
0: the band is back together. (laughs) And as I mentioned, we're going to get to our Week 8 picks. But first, let's do a quick recap of Week 7. And these stats come from a man, Jason Logan. You can follow him on Twitter, at CoversJLo. So, in Week 7, favorites, just five and eight against the spread. So, good week for the dogs. One narrative that we pointed out last week, um, favorites of two and a half points or less went oh 0-2 on the week. Why is that of note? Because on the season, 3-16. and 16, That is favorites of 2.5 or less. So that is a huge narrative right here. I'm looking at the totals. 6-7-1, and one, so not much going on there. And right now, we've seen sort of a regression on the season, 53-50-2. So, while early on in the season, it started to skew very heavily towards the overs, the unders have come back here. Um, as for the podcast, it was another good week. We went three and one. Our pick a loser had sort of a provisional. We said, give us the Jets plus 13 and a half. Only if Joe Flacco is quarterback, he did not play quarterback or he didn't get in the game. So we said we would use a provisional and take the saints minus seven and a half, which ended up losing because we were on the Panthers. That being said, I also said I was going to bet on the Jets no matter what the number was. And I did take Buffalo minus nine and a half, which did lose. So I am going to give myself a loss for that one. Uh, We did get a big victory on the get comfortable being uncomfortable better the week with the Rams minus six. Uh, That one was a winner right out of the gate and the big Mick money line parlay of the week got back on the right track. We had a 17 line parlay. That was pretty easy breezy. The only one that gave us a minor sweat was the Bills in the first half versus the Jets, but the Bills ended up pulling away. So now let's look forward to week eight. And Scott, I want to start with our get comfortable, being uncomfortable bet of the week. Hey, where did you get those clothes? At the toilet store?
1: And I'll actually let you take this. What is your uncomfortable bet? Yeah, I always love doing these with you. Love this topic that you do on the podcast. And uh, I'm going to go with an, under, an over-under and an under and the uncomfortable. We've, you talked about how the unders are coming back, and it's still a little bit uncomfortable betting almost any under in this day and age right now, but especially the Browns Raiders because the Raiders, all six of their games have gone over thus far, and five of seven of the Browns games have gone over. Both these teams have been in quite a few high-scoring affairs, but not so fast. This game's going to go under, Rob. The Browns are going to be a different offense. I know Eldon Beckham Jr. wasn't involved every game making big plays, but he stretched the defense and allowed the, the other Browns receivers and their running game to have more success. They're going to be a little more constricted. And both teams are going to run to run the ball in this game. When they're in neutral game scripts, they both like to run the ball, chew the clock. I think the total is a little bit too high. I don't think it's comfortable, but I'm going to play under Browns Raiders. And what's that number at? Uh, I was at 53 and a half when I last checked. Let me confirm. That was this morning. My apologies on yeah,
0: that. We'll go with it. 53 and a half or something of the like. Scott is on the under, uh, which – uh, side note, that saves you from having to bet on the Browns, which anybody on a Browns <laughs> ticket last week, that's one of the worst bad beats I've seen in a while. Albeit, I've been on a lot, we've all been on a lot of bad beats, but for them to get the backdoor cover only for Car- Cody Parkey to miss the extra point, that's just a brutal one. But that is what you get with betting on the Browns sometimes. So yeah. for me, my get comfortable being uncomfortable bet of the week. Give me the Broncos plus three at home taken on the Chargers. This line opened up Chargers minus one. It has got bet up all the way to um, minus three. And I would actually wait on this to see if I can get the hook because we've seen so much steam on the Chargers. I'll be looking for that three and a half, but as of right now, I don't see one. So I'll have to lock in three. So why is this uncomfortable? because the Chargers are currently five and one against the spread on the season tied for best in the NFL. So far the Chargers arrow is pointing up huge because everybody is in love with Justin Herbert. Um, They've had close losses versus the chiefs, the Panthers, the bucks, the saints, and they won versus the Jags. But guess what? I wasn't exactly in love with the Chargers performance against the Jags. The Jags were in that game pretty much the entire time on the Denver side. Drew Locke does not give you much confidence. He has not looked good. However, Denver's defense is what I'm backing on because their defense, seventh in DVOA. Also, they are coming off a blow-off loss to the Chiefs. And one of the things we're always looking for every single week are teams coming off a very good win or teams coming off a bad loss. So Denver qualifies for the team coming off the bad loss, bounce-back opportunity. And one other thing of note – for this, looking at the Denver Broncos losses this year, they came versus the Titans, Steelers, Bucks, and Chiefs. Hmm, those seem like the best teams in the NFL. So the narrative around the Broncos, albeit we can see why we don't love them, it may be a little bit skewed. So for me, give me the three points, hoping to get the three and a half.
1: Love it, the home dog. Even though we don't know if uh, what home field means still after seven weeks, but. I love it. does seem a little easy to take the Chargers in this spot, but I agree with you, Rob. They did not impress against the Jaguars last week. They could have lost that game.
0: And remember, the Chargers are always an opportunity to leave the back door open because that's what they're known for. So a bet against the Chargers always gives you that opportunity. So now let's get to our pick a loser. Oh, what a loser And the goal of this bet is to identify a losing bet. We want to think differently about this. Scott, who is your pick a loser of the week?
1: Well, I hate to come on your podcast and come at you with your favorite NFL team, but I'm going to pick a loser, a team that has not lost yet this year, let alone not uh, let alone lose by the three and a half. But I think this is the Ravens game, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. The Steelers have done a lot of things right. They're 6-0, Big Ben's back. They have the best front seven in football, although with Devin Bush, that remains to be seen. But they do have some inefficiencies and some issues that I think may haunt them in this game. They give up the deep ball quite often. Marquise Hollywood Brown has been wide open a number of times. I think Lamar Jackson off the bye week with a better-feeling knee will, will, will come back and play more like his MVP self. And I just don't think the Steelers' offense has been quite as efficient, especially on early downs. They've struggled. They've, they've left themselves quite a bit, a lot to do on third down. I don't think the Steelers are going undefeated. I, in fact, I think the Ravens are the best team in the AFC North, and I think they win this game by a touchdown or more. And sorry, Rob, I love your Steelers. I love you, but it's the Ravens' day. We'll pick a loser with the Steelers.
0: And, and I certainly get it. Uh, so the line went from five and a half down to three and a half. But one thing that I'm noticing out there as I audit the sports betting landscape is a lot of, let's call it sports betting analysts have a similar opinion to what you do right now. And that just leaves my spider sense up a little bit. I get it. You would love to get the Steelers at plus five and a half, but really a touchdown game, yeah, you can see the Ravens. Um winning by a touchdown. I think if you wanted to be on the Steelers side, I really think the better opportunities in live betting. And why is that? Because the Steelers have had opportunities this year where they've started slow. I think about the game against the Texans when they were down double digits. So the Ravens do have an explosive offense. So with so much of the action, Go on pittsburgh but i think a lot of the sharp action is actually going to be on baltimore late and what they're looking for is can this number get driven down and i think a lot of people are really looking for baltimore at minus three i think right now if you wanted to play pittsburgh what i would do is wait and do it on the live betting side of things if you wanted to do it on baltimore i think really the number people are looking at is minus three
1: yeah, I got in at minus three, minus 120 earlier in the week. And the one thing I also didn't mention is Mike Tomlin's done a real good job, especially this year. But the uh, but I think John Harbaugh is a much better coach. I think the Ravens have a better coaching staff. And that's not really a rip on Tomlin. That's more a compliment to Harbaugh. I think the Ravens, one of the best organizations in the league from top to bottom. And they've had a lot of success against the Steelers of late. I do agree with your live betting angle. If the Steelers fall behind, maybe jumping in on them. I don't think they run away with it, the Ravens. I wouldn't lay six, but I like laying three, and I think the Steelers are a loser this week.
0: And one thing of note about this game, with it being the highest profile game, I'm oftentimes looking for value or an edge. And could I see either team winning this? 100%. So this to me would also be an instance in which I don't feel like I would have to bet and certainly not pregame. Maybe if you watch, you can see the narrative a little bit because, hey, maybe Pittsburgh gets up seven, nothing. And you can, if you want the Baltimore side, maybe there's an opportunity there But I usually don't see a ton of value in these 50-50 matchups, albeit I think a lot of people do see Baltimore in a really good opportunity because it's tough because Pittsburgh is now the hunted. They're 6-0 coming off a really tough game uh, against Tennessee, albeit Pittsburgh from the Browns game in the first half of Tennessee impressed me tremendously. I think that was the best six quarters I may have ever seen Pittsburgh play consecutively.
1: Yeah, they've played great. I don't mean to, to undermine them. I, I think that both teams are probably top five teams in the NFL at this point. I just like the spot for the Ravens coming off the bye week. Pittsburgh, as you mentioned, in that tough game against Tennessee. And I do think the Ravens are a little bit of a better team, even if this isn't a, a great spot, but it is. So we'll take the Ravens.
0: Yeah, I certainly see the logic for me. My pick a loser is the Detroit Lions getting two and a half. I think there's threes at most shops, but I saw one where I was able to get the Colts at minus two and a half with some juice there. So Lions coming off back-to-back wins. So their arrow is pointing as up as it gets. But who was those wins against? the Jags and Falcons. And quite frankly, that game against the Falcons, for all intensive purposes, they could have lost because all Todd Gurley had to do was kneel down, kick a field goal, game over. I also don't trust Detroit. And with them, the back door is always open. They've got that stat of Detroit as the record for most consecutive games being up double digits and losing a game. I'm not exactly in love with the Colts ever, uh also but i think this would be more of a spot for them so they're coming off a bye and the colts defense to me is the best unit on the field fourth in dvoa in the nfl and here's the big thing for me i see this as a class difference because point differential on the season lions minus nine Colts plus 42, which is fourth best in the AFC. So it's not a big number right there. Uh, we already mentioned it briefly about how much is home field worth. For me, I think that the Colts can win by more than a field goal. So give me the Lions plus two and a half as my pick a loser.
1: Yeah, I like the Colts a bit in this spot as well. They're a team that's had an easy schedule thus far, but have taken advantage at four and two. Hopefully they get Darius Leonard back. Their defense was lights out the first, couple, first few games, as you mentioned. Have struggled a little bit. They struggled early before coming back in that Cincinnati game. I'm looking for them to unleash my boy from Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor, in a big way in this one. I like the Colts to run the ball in this one and win as well, Rob. All
0: right, so let's get to our Big Mick Moneyline Parlay of the week. I see they got the Big Mac. I got the Big Mick. Our goal with this bet is just to create a winning bet. And Scott, I'll get this party started. I've got a four-teamer that pays out minus 108. And unlike the previous few weeks, I actually had a pretty easy time on this one because of some of the games. Give me the Chiefs money line at plus two thousand or minus two thousand. <laughs> get, get, I mean, that's just automatically a give me. <laughs> that's probably worth about four cents, but hey, <laughs> throw it in. Um, give me the Titans minus two fifty five on the road taking on the Bengals. Give me the Bucks minus 530 on the road, taking on the Giants. And then give me the Minnesota Golden Gophers minus 1,000 on the road, taking on Maryland. So Maryland just lost to Northwestern by 40, and Minnesota's coming off a terrible loss to Michigan. So I see a huge bounce back opportunity. For Minnesota in the college side of things, the game that gives me the biggest hesitation is actually the Titans taking on the Bengals, and the reason for this is because of the Titans' defense or a lack thereof. That in that first half against Pittsburgh, they were able to do whatever they wanted against the Titans' defense. Certainly, they made adjustments, and it was a different story in the second half. But we know that the Bengals are going to be slinging the rock around, but. I don't believe in the Bengals defense whatsoever. I see this as an opportunity for Tennessee to bounce back and get a good victory. So once again, this four teamer, Chiefs, Titans, Bucks and Minnesota golden Gophers pays out minus one Oh eight. Scott, what about you? What is your big Mick moneyline parlay of the week?
1: Yeah, it's a four-teamer as well. Probably pays a little more out. I didn't calculate the exact number, but it's uh, going to start out with the Baltimore Ravens, as we talked about, minus 210. I do prefer taking them overall, uh, laying the points, because I don't think they're going to win this by a field goal. But we'll, we'll, we'll include it in the Big Mick. I like the Indianapolis Colts, minus the 160. You talked about it. I backed that up. I agree the Colts should outclass the Lions. And then we'll go to the two primetime games, Rob the cowboys they're they're up against it it's a big game for them i just can't see how they're going to win against a team with heart like the eagles they got the best quarterback on the field carson wentz gets the job done the eagles minus 335 in a big nfc east clash first one to six wins wins that division and then we'll close it out on Monday night with what I consider a layup. Maybe the Giants can hang in this one on pride. But I think Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the best team in football at the moment. They're the most complete. They've got a great offense. They've got a great defense. When they get your boy Antonio Brown in, they're going to be really tough to stop. We'll, let, we'll close things out with Tampa Bay minus 530.
0: So, can you give a quick recap of that Big Mick plus your other picks?
1: Yep, Big Mick plays Baltimore minus 210, Indianapolis minus minus one sixty, Philly minus 335, and Tampa Bay minus 530. Pick a loser. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to lose their first game of the year in Week 8, and the uncomfortable bet playing under in the Browns and the Raiders.
0: And for me, my uncomfortable bet of the week is the Broncos plus three. And my pick a loser is the lions plus two and a half. And you mentioned that Eagles Cowboys game. So one little nugget I want to talk about is teams that I will not touch at the moment. (laughs) And I have four of them that I wrote down and this is just for this week. And I've got the Falcons, the Cowboys, the jets and the Patriots. So The Patriots are the one team that would stand out because right now we just don't know what we're getting with them. I think this spot against Buffalo is one where you may see a lot of people on the Patriots getting four because uh, historically Buffalo has not fared well against New England. For me, that would be a live betting game because I want to be able to see what I'm getting from both of these teams because Buffalo is a team that I've liked at times this year, but that Jets game was disgusting. Kicking seven field goals, making five or six of them. It just wasn't um, the performance I was looking for. And the, the running defense for Buffalo is something the last two weeks has been terrible. Frank Gore was gashing them up, and we saw against, um, I believe it was Tennessee that just Tennessee. kept on running the ball. Yeah. um, So for me, I'm a little bit skeptical there. And on the Patriots side, lost three in a row. And we would like to bet them on the bounce backs, except we're now bouncing back, the back, the back. And with it, I just want to see my eyes there. On the Falcons, you have to be crazy if you're going to have any shred of um, faith in the Falcons closing out a game. The Cowboys – I just don't want to be rolling out of a game with the worst quarterback, whether that's Andy Dalton or Ben DiNucci or whoever it is. That's just not confidence. Like right now the Cowboys look like a sinking ship and I don't want to touch them. And looking at the jets real quick, that line opened at 20 and a half. It's down to 19 and a half. I will be on the chiefs minus 19 and a half as a pick on principle, because all I need to do is close my eyes and fast forward to let's call it halftime. And what if it's 20- 21 nothing at the half. Or what if it's 17 nothing at the end of the first quarter? How confident are you on the Jets, a team that had 4 total yards in the second half against the Bills coming back? For me, this is just an auto bet. I know it's an insane amount of points. I know if you're trying to think sharp and where you get in the value I ain't overthinking this one. I'm just going to continue to bet against the Jets until further notice. Uh, Any thoughts on any of those teams there, Scott, or any teams that you won't touch at the moment?
1: Well, unfortunately, you mentioned three teams that I was on in the last two weeks. I was on <laughs> Dallas in a bounce back spot on Monday night against Arizona. So they're bouncing, 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 to use your term. That was embarrassing. I was on the Pats in the bounce back last week. That was equally embarrassing. And then I was on Atlanta last week. And my goodness, that I, I wouldn't be scared to take Atlanta this week. That's a stay away game for me. I agree with you on the Chiefs. But the one other team I want to throw in there, and it's not because I don't respect them, but I just think to stay away team until further notice is the Miami Dolphins. I really like what Ryan Fitzpatrick brought to the table. I really love their coaching staff led by Brian Flores, but Tua is just a wild card right now. He could go out there and look like Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow, which would lead us to believe the Dolphins could potentially win that AFC East the way it's going right now. But he's also, he also could look like a rookie. Like we've seen plenty of quarterbacks look in the past, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield and such. So, We shall see, but that's the one team I would add to the list, not because I'm not confident with them or don't respect them, but just because of the unknown, Rob.
0: Yeah, in that game, Rams laying four on the road, taking on the Dolphins. The Dolphins are also coming off a bye. And when looking at that game, I think the narrative seems too perfect. The number's not really that big. They're coming off a bye to his first game. And I'm with you as like, oh, Well, yeah, I think the Dolphins would be kind of nice, especially with the Rams coming off of an impressive win against the Bears in prime time where you're like short week for them. Yeah, good opportunity to fade the Rams, but I'm with you on that. I'm not willing to bet on the certainty of what we're going to see out of Tua, albeit um, it's something that you can live bet this. But I actually believe there's a better chance I will be on the Rams this week than I would be on the Dolphins.
1: Yeah, I have a lot of respect for that Rams team, and most of it is because of the defense. They've got the best defensive tackle in football, maybe the best player. Now they've got Jalen Ramsey. They're fast. They totally shut down teams. It's not a very good matchup for two a first time in the box, box, especially with that offensive line. So I'm worried. I'm with you. It would be Rams or pass for me.
0: Um, One other game that I want to mention, we've got the Seahawks laying three at home, taking on the 49ers. And for me, this is a situational spot. 49ers coming off a huge road win, smoking the Patriots. And we've got the Seahawks, who should have won and cashed those tickets for all of us, who choked it away. So we've got the team on the up versus the team on the down. And I like the Seahawks and I actually grabbed a minus two and a half that was out there. I think mostly you're going to see a three, but give me the Seahawks minus two and a half all year. I have not really been in love with the 49ers. They're a team because of the injuries. We're seeing it all the time. It's like, They're running backs. They've got like 30 of them that all look the same, who can all score three touchdowns at any moment, but then they're all gone the next week due to injury. And you still got the defensive line injuries there with the 49ers. They're a team that I'm not looking to back for most of the season. And on the flip side, one week ago we all loved Seattle as potentially the best team in the NFL. So are we really to believe that just because they blew an uncharacteristic lead against the Cardinals that we're going to be off them? No, give me the opportunity to bet on Russell Wilson bouncing back and doing so by giving less than a field goal. So I'm going to be on the C- or I am on the Seahawks minus two and a half.
1: Yeah, I would lean Seattle in that spot as well. Almost seems too easy, but then you point out some of the reasons why people might be on the 49ers, and it makes me want to play Seattle. I kind of looked at it as a pass because I did. I do think Seattle's the better football team. Their defense is pretty trash. Uh, but, I mean, is San Francisco going to stop Seattle at any point? It'll probably be another typical Russell Wilson-Seattle type game. Back and forth, last team with the ball wins. I'm with you, though. I do lean Seattle on what should be a fun one.
0: So, Scott, is there anything else
1: on your mind for this slate that you wanted to jam about or a little nuggets? Well, I mean, you meant, I didn't jump in on the Patriots-Bills, and I do think that's an interesting game because I definitely thought a couple of weeks ago that would be a, a game we'd be really looking forward to. I thought they were I, – I certainly expected the Patriots to be better than this, probably a 9- or 10-win team, especially the way Cam Newton came out of the box. And the Bills looked like world beaters through four games, but now the shine has really worn off that game – Still, though, a game that's probably going to decide the division unless Tua Tagovailoa – I think I said that right. I think I might have missed a syllable. But Tua, unless he's the real deal, it's probably a game that could decide the division. So I'm interested to see which team could bounce back. Will Josh Allen play better? The Patriots sure looked uh, slow on both sides of the ball, but the Bills have not tackled – It's hard for me to think the Patriots are going to put up another stinker. It should be an interesting game one that I will stay away from. uh, Like you, though, I might jump in with the live wagering, especially if it seems like one of the quarterbacks has things going and the other doesn't. Scott, really enjoyed jamming with you. Where can everybody connect with you? Yeah, you can find my work, Rob, on social media or on Twitter at ScottChap34. Do a lot of football for Bet America writing. And then, of course, anyone that is interested in horse racing, I know probably not many of you on this pod, but I do that as well. And we'll be looking towards golf and college hoops as, as the year goes on. But really enjoy chatting with you, Rob. It was too long.
0: And I want to hear from you. What is on your NFL Week 8 card? Do you have a pick-a-loser, a big Mick money line parlay, or an uncomfortable bet? You can hit me up on Twitter at Rob Cressy. Make sure to use hashtag Sharp 600 and be part of our community. And also make sure to tag at Covers. And every week I say it helps us a ton if you can subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. And I really want you to do that this week for one specific reason. The last person who reviewed this podcast Not a fan. So let me read this. And this comes from Coop6702 that says, Don't waste your time. Gave it two out of five stars. This podcast is decent until you realize that the host is the most public better ever. News to me, apparently. He allows personal fandom to cloud his analysis and picks. He prides himself on hitting two and three team parlays that pay heavily that pay involve heavily favorites and pay negative odds. Not true, but we'll let them keep the party going. There are a ton of betting shows and podcasts out there that provide much deeper analysis and less personal bias. I recommend you seek those out. Woof. But here's the thing that stands out to me. Why in the world would he give us two stars and not one star? Just curious to me. And there's a lot to unpack for that, but... The reason I want a new rating and review is so that that's not the last one that people see when they search the sharp 600. And certainly there's so many of you who get down with me on Twitter every single week when we're jamming about football or basketball or baseball I'm a sports better like you're a sports better. We get down. We teach you how to fish. We we let you into our mindset and let you know how we're thinking about making these bets. So for me to be thought of as the most public host ever, well, that's just stupid because by design, we have a segment that's about creating an uncomfortable bet, which is about not being the most public person ever. But Whatever to each their own. So, what would really help me out is if you like this and if at any point you've gotten value from this podcast, jump on iTunes and really let me know what you think about this podcast. And remember, if you want to be a sharp, don't be a square with your bankroll, be disciplined with your money management. Spoke the devil hit you with the rap level of 10. The 1, 2, 3, you're I get action. So everybody
1: jump with your rope. Looking like the way the sound pump. Pump it in your back, pump. And let loose with the juice when I do rock. I'm too hot. to so say I got more juice than Tupac.